So welcome to the first Projects podcast. It's our first time doing something like this. Um, it's the three of us from the team here. So I'm Tom. I'm uh, head of the department, looking at process improvement, looking at quality, and generally running the overall program that we've got in the projects department. So I'm Faisal. Um, I'm, again, I'm part of the project management team, and my responsibility is mainly around project delivery, which um, simply means making sure things get done on time and on budget. Over to you, Heather. I'm Heather. I'm the newest member of the projects team, and my role is project coordination. So I make sure that everyone's got enough work to do, but not too much work. Brilliant. So we've got three of us with good varied backgrounds as well. So we can talk about all things projects and bring all of our different points of view to the table. So Faisal, why don't you kick us off with a question? So what is project management? What is a project? I think if we go step, take a step back rather than what is project management, what is a project? And I think I'll try to keep it as simple as I can in the sense um, a project is a very straightforward set of processes that aim to meet an objective. It's as simple as that. It's a set of processes that aim to meet an objective. Now there's like a whole life cycle around a project, the sort of different stages it goes, it goes around from from organizing the project, what are the time, understanding and discussing the timings around the project, controlling the project, managing the strategy of that, that project, monitoring the project throughout all the different stages, making sure it's getting developed, tweaking the processes as we go along with the project, doing some sort of analysis. You do that at the start, at the middle, at the end, and you constantly tweak, tweak the project, and just making sure that it's executed uh, correctly. So on the, on the whole, if you could, you could sort of like put a project management or any project within, within sort of like a boundary, like a 360 cycle, and uh, pull these different sections out and then uh, just manage each of those individual areas, what do you guys think? I think you uh, summed that up quite nicely there. How would you say a project works in terms of being flexible and agile? being flexible and agile, I think it's important, it's really important to make sure that on any project you always remain flexible and agile. Um, things get thrown in, you get, you get um, project, the, the scope of the project might change, um, you might have underscoped something, over-budgeted something, uh, some, things change all the time, so you've got to sort of like adapt and evolve. And if I was to ask, if I was to answer how do I do that, is sort of trying to stay on top of the project hour by hour on a daily basis speaking to the people that manage speaking to the people that are responsible for managing the processes within the individual project and just making sure that everything's on time on track um uh, so so try to work around that tom do you sort of agree yeah i think um for us with many businesses, project management means a different thing from what I've seen. Um, I've definitely worked in project management roles before where your role as a project manager, as a projects management department, is more focused on to the individual delivery of one project. 
um, at a time, maybe a couple of projects at a time, and you're, you're responsible for comms, for driving things forward. Whereas I feel like we've got that, but then we've also got a wider scope as a, as a department as well. So we'll scope work, we'll do task management, scheduling of work, all the comms, your phase of your running production meetings, doing a lot of delivery tracking of on time. Then we've got the follow-up pieces like cost analysis, process improvement, all of that sort of good stuff. So it's, it's quite a wide scoping projects department role. I, I get quite a lot of value out of that actually. We, we, we don't just do project by project. We're actually running an overall piece like a bit of a program management piece as well. I agree with you, and I think um, I think one of the beauties about managing the projects at D twenty two is we are, like you said, we're not manage we are managing the projects, but we're managing the people within those projects as well um, on a daily basis, hour by hour. Like you said, we've got the platform that we use, which is a cello, um, and it allows us to a manage the project, b manage the schedules and the capacities and the task board and the day to day activities of the people within the project. Allows us to sort of work in the future forecasting whether we need to recruit or, or where capacity is going to be hitting a sort of like a spike uh, in the future so i think that's the beauty about the the system that we use the uh, the SLO system that we use to sort of manage all our projects but like you say on the whole we've got the projects but we're also managing the people within who are working around those projects I guess and Heather coming in, Heather, Heather, you're you're new to that, and I guess you'll be seeing all the different factions of the project management system. And I guess there's a lot to take on, isn't it? Initially, you've got the projects to understand. You've got to understand the different types of projects that we work on, and I think it's it's uh, um, uh, it'd be fair to say the different. There's quite a few varied types of projects that we work on. So we've got your website projects, you've got your marketing projects, you've got your sales projects, you've got inbound projects. You've got GDD projects, and then on top of that, you're going to get some agile project uh, dropped in. So for somebody coming new into the project management team, you've got to understand the projects. You've got to understand the people that work within the projects. Try to understand the skill set of the people working within those projects. So there's a lot There's a lot to take on, don't you think? Yeah, it's a whole boatload of new information and new processes. And something I'd say coming new into Digital 22 is that, you could almost argue that we are dual rolled in that as well as being project managers we're program managers because we look after the whole strategies of each client as well as the overall strategy of the business and then the individual projects within the clients and then the teams within the projects so it's a whole multi-leveled role that that we've got going on what are your kind of your opinions on defining program management? Yeah, maybe talk a bit on this one. Um, I think for us, you could program management means a lot of different things. And uh, for us, we've got an element of program management in what we're doing as a business. We've taken a decision to have overall coordination in one team of all of our project coordination work. Some businesses worked really well to let individuals manage that scale of what we're doing all the in-house specialists that we've got as a business which is a massive bonus and sort of one of the big usps of us as a business the best way to manage that we found is with a project team coordinating all of that so then you get 
all the shared learnings, all of the shared structure, the familiarity of the, what people are working on, the scoping, the, the ability to move resources from one area to the other. If we didn't have that one overarching structure, it's possible to do that stuff, but it's a lot more clunky in my opinion. Um, and we get to get big um, efficiencies from having one overarching structure for the business in terms of project management. This is sort of like an operations team as well, isn't it? It's a project management team. It's an operations team sort of where we're responsible for sort of like managing pretty much the whole company. Anybody that works on a project, anybody that's a user in a cello, um, so, sort of gets managed by this by this by this team of three. Tom, I wanted to ask you a question on um, after the initial projects have been scoped and we once we start working on scheduling and capacity and we're forecasting, what are the sorts of challenges that you think we experience time to time? After we've booked the work in. Yeah. You've booked the work in, you've seen the you've already done the pre-scheduled work beforehand and you've it's the first day of the project and somebody's booked a holiday in. What sort of th what sort of things do we encounter then? Because those sorts of things can th just throw a spanner in the works, can't they? And it happens quite a lot when we've got such a big team as well. Well, isn't it, there's definitely no perfect plan. You can plan for hours and days and months on end, but things happen. We all know things happen. There's dependencies in projects. There's people's lives to consider. There's things that change, scope requirements that change, and you can control as much of that as you as you can, but it's never going to be perfect in a plan. So you do need to react day to day. And I think the main thing is just comms as you go in. It's, it's will people flag the things that have happened that are different to the plan so that you can react? And do you have a good structure with your team for them to do that? And then how well are you able to react? And do you have a good system in place to allow you to do that and i feel like we do we found a good project management system to allow us to react to see how things are evolving uh, and take good actions so yeah comms is probably the biggest one just people just making sure people let you know that things have changed it is that i think we hear we hear the word at d20 quite often isn't it passing the baton on we hear that quite a lot at d22 and i think it's it's never been truer um passing that baton on and i think one of the best things that we've done one of the the recent changes that we've made in introducing the production calls uh each morning allows the opportunity for somebody to just put their hand up and say i've finished my task off i'm going to hand it over to the next person this is where heather i know you're joining the calls now this is where you see that we identify whether something has been done that should have been done on the day or the day before or is going to get done and what we're doing here is we're guiding and probing the individual to say, look, as soon as you finish that task off, let the next person know. And I think the great thing about Acelo is it allows you to not only complete the task off, but sort of send like an, an activity or a note or an email to the next person to say task is done and with a little brief to start the next task. Yeah, I find that that automation really useful in Acelo because it means that any little change you make, you then don't have to follow the knock-on yourself. A cello tracks that knock-on for you, and you just have to look at the bigger picture rather than the intricacies of it, because there are so many tasks to follow that if you had to go into the intricacies yourself, it, it'd just be, we'd be here, we'd be sleeping here. <laughs> 
definitely. It, uh, here's a question for you, Heather. What level do you think we're planning our projects to? I would say we plan to quite a detailed level. So obviously coming from um, past companies, project management systems, it's all very high level. Um, kind of just basic. Whereas we look at the very detailed who exactly is doing what and that makes it so much easier to manage the schedules because you know exactly where people are and what they're doing. Um, you could look at it negatively in terms of do people need to be managed that much? Um, but I would say the amount of work that we've got going on for different projects, you definitely need that, that minutiae because the, it's the agency aspect of it, in my opinion, that means we have to be so detailed. Yeah, it definitely allows you to scale as a business and to make sure that you continue to learn and bake in your processes into the way that people work. It means that, it, I guess the option we have is we could say, do a blog, put one task in the system, blog, whatever the name of the blog is, and let the teams go off and run and do that and, and bounce the task around themselves and get it done. But the way we're processing our business out allows us to process out all the steps. And then if things change, if we find new ways to do stuff, we can update that process, visualize it for everyone. And we're not just reliant on people's knowledge, are we? I guess that's the, the, the bonus of the level of detail we go to. But we take the resource hit for doing that. That's a conscious decision as a business that we know it takes a lot more work to process our business out that way. I've definitely yeah. seen surprises, though, before from other people who've seen the level of detail we go to. I think, and you know, what, I, 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 I kind of think, I kind of think it is needed, uh, based on what you said. If we are to scale the business, it's, it's, it's brilliant that we have every single process down to a T. We know how long it takes. We know what skill set you need to be able to complete that task. We know exactly the steps you need to undertake to complete those tasks based on historics, based on averages, that sort of stuff. So what that allows us to do going forward is as you scale up, it allows us to keep like a consistent work process. This is a blog. This is how you do it. This is how it's done. This is how long it takes. And we have, we, like you say, it takes a lot of resource, but we've gone through and we keep updating and ana uh, uh, analyzing each individual task on a regular basis to understand, are we doing this the right way? Can it be done any quicker? Can it be done better? Can we be more efficient? Are we, have we got the right people working on those tasks? So I think, yeah, like Heather was alluding to, is it micro? Should it be, should it be, should we step back a little bit? But, uh, you know, in my opinion is that I think, I think it's required uh, to only help us as we scale up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think heavy earlier on, you mentioned AI a little bit. Um, maybe you guys can talk a bit about how we're using AI in our project management system and how that's helping us manage the large number of projects we've got. Yeah, so um, in the automation that I mentioned before, talking about how Acelo deals with the intricacies rather than us having to do it. So just to give you like a broad example, if somebody's booked two days off 
and they're not going to be able to complete their set task within those times, you can then move that along and instead of just moving that one specific task, it shuffles everything that's got dependencies on it along too. So you don't then have to go and say, okay, so this person's not written this blog. That means we can't publish, we can't social share, we can't then move on to the next task. You know, Acelo just really does that all for you. It's great. I guess, uh, Faisal, you work on a lot of website projects at the moment where many dependencies, a very linear sort of process, a lot of things have to happen. We have to design the website we need to have before we can do that the content needs to be done and then before we can do the development all that stuff needs to happen so there's a lot of things in a chain of process so i guess as things might flex we were able to accelerate things or things happen a bit later than planned client priority shift do you find that the automation then helps you with a picture and update of where your projects are yeah, and I think I think there's a positive and a negative for me to the AI. As much as as much as I like the AI that it works, it still requires a lot of human interaction to sort of control it. So it's great we have it. It gives us a good picture of where things are going to sort of uh, what the system sort of predicts based on what's happening right now. But ultimately, uh, it requires human interaction just to sort of make sure. Well. Okay, let's prepare for it then. If that's what Acelo is telling us, if that's what the AI is predicting is going, it's what it, it, it's what's going to happen in the future. Uh, we need to have those comms with the teams internally, with the clients. And one of the things I do like about the AI is when I once I'm, when I'm on the phone with the clients and I'm running through their projects with with the clients and showing where the delivery dates are for those deliverables, is be very clear on how the AI works. So if there's a delay, if there's a delay from our side. The expected result will be X, Y, Z. That will shift out, and again, vice versa for the client. If you're if you're late by X amount of days, and we've predicted, to, like for example, we've predicted something to come back in two days, and the client takes three days to come back on that, automatically Ocello shifts each deliverable, each task out accordingly, and you can see the end result. So it's really good. It's it's really handy to be able to just quickly show that to the client the impact of being late on of being late on signing things off. Yeah, it's a really powerful tool for that. What about um, when we're building projects, just thinking back to getting that new project in, there's been a new sale, everyone's buzzing because we've got a new client to work with and to, to delight, maybe it's a short-term project. What sort of things do you, do you guys value when it comes to building those projects out? Time. <laughs> the more time you give us the better it will be the more concise things can be the more we can work with you as well if you're handing us a, a signed off campaign the more time we've got to then put that in the system the better it will be in the system and the more accurate as well because we've got time to have that conversation yeah that scoping is really key isn't it because a project isn't fully fleshed out at the start there's a sort of structure to it it needs to evolve that bit doesn't it it needs to be scoped out and there needs to be a bit of planning time to make the best success of it yeah and for me from from my from my involvement involvement with um, clients more and more as soon as we're bringing a new project on for me it's about, it's about the expectation of the client 
Um, are we going to deliver what was expected, when it was expected, and how it was expected? For me, that's crucial. That's absolutely important. That's really, really important. So, so there's a there's a process, isn't it? Once it comes from sales, it comes over to the project management team, and we need, as you guys are discussing right now, we need the, the amount of time, that uh, opportunity to scope it out 100%, and then from there onwards, I need to be able to jump on a call with the client and to run through the project just to make sure that we are aligned on expectations of the delivery of those deliverables. Yeah, and what, what do you think? We've talked a bit about delivery, haven't we? What do you think in terms of, and we've got a lot of tools that we can use to help with delivery. We've got this project management system, forecasting dates, managing schedules. What about the quality aspect of the work? Because that's a big part of it. And we want, we want to deliver stuff on time for our clients. But we also want to deliver that quality to our clients. What do you think that we have in our tool set that helps us or helps the teams to deliver the quality also? Yeah, so we, we always explain to the clients, um, you know, the delivery date. As soon as, as soon as I get a new website project on, I always hear the client say to me straight away on the first call, so when's the due date? When's it going to go live? And I always want to try to sway the conversation away from the day we're going to go live to rather when are we going to deliver the first piece of content, that design, that web copy, that first page, and how are we going to implement processes between the client and ourselves to make sure that they are 100% happy with what it is that we're going to deliver. And one of the things that we do quite often is that we have, we have gates and we have processes within those gates um, and we have a, a certain number of amends where, so for example, we, we write a piece of copy, it goes through all the internal QC processes, and that would be something like, for example, Heather writes a piece of content, Tom gets a chance to have a look at it, Tom will look at it uh, as a senior writer, he'll do some QC and some analysis on it, it then gets to a third person, they will look for grammar checks, etc., etc., then it goes over to another, uh, it goes over to the strat, they will have a quick QC, so before the piece of content has even gone over to the client, it's already had some. Uh, it's already gone through quite a few number of quality checks internally. This is then gone on to the client. The client then gets a couple of days to review that pro, uh, review that piece of content. Then it comes back to us, and the cycle just starts all over again. So I think by having these amends or round of amends or processes, what we're saying to the client is, we write your piece of content. We're going to do all the QC steps. We're going to send it over to you, and then you get a you get a you get a chance to have a, a review of it. Send it back to us, and then at the end of it, we 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 have something what we call gates. And what we're saying to the get, client here is, once you're happy with it, close the gate, sign the piece of content off, and then we we'll move on to the next step. I think following on from that, because um, quality checks and proofing and sending to clients and sign-offs because that bounces around so much within our own internal teams I think that we need to make sure that our communication is on point so that the momentum keeps going with that piece of work so things aren't being put to one side for a second you know somebody's just done some work on it now's the perfect time while it's still in their head to get it back to them so they're still in that mindset of that client yeah yeah, and I think for me, <clears throat> we've done so many, so many jobs over the years. One of the big selling points of working with an agency of our size uh, and our experience is we've got all these past jobs to, that we've learned from. We've done this for ourselves for many years. We've done it for lots of other clients. So baking all of those learnings back into the system so that our, 
processes are clear, our task descriptions have got the best learnings, we've got the best examples of things we've done in the past and our quality control process is as easy, frictionless as it can be. So like you say, that we keep that momentum going for the clients and they get all the benefits of a big agency with lots of staff in it and lots of um, specialists without any sort of clunky experience where things get slowed down because we are a lot of people. So limiting handoffs, we talked a little bit about it before, but that's something I'm looking at a lot with our processes at the moment. Is there any handoffs we can reduce without compromising quality to our clients that will give a good outcome, um, a slicker outcome for everyone and allow us to do even more better client work somewhere else? What about our teams? I think we've, we've talked probably about what's important to us a fair bit. What's important to the teams that we work with, do you think? Our teams, I guess, I guess this goes down to expectation, isn't it? What does the company, what, does the wider, what do the wider teams expect of the project management team? We sort of like sit in the middle and then every other department sort of feeds from this one team so for me, I think it's expectation, isn't it? What's the expectation of each of these teams? And the expectation from each of these teams is very different. Uh, what their responsibilities are, their, role, their roles and responsibilities are very different. So the expectation from us is going to be very different. But I think what we do is, um, I mentioned obviously we've got the production meetings, but the, the, for me, the most important thing we can do is just stay high, have a high level of comms with each of those teams and adapt and learn about their individual processes their skills what they need to do and how we sort of like support them and help them through the project management system and through the cycle of each of those projects i think you said it earlier on um, one of the things that we mentioned at the sales process is the amount of the number of successful projects we've delivered and i think that rings true for us as well at the same time isn't it the, the number of successful projects we've built and delivered um, so a lot of that gives you a lot by doing that gives you a lot of a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and what we do is we take that to each of these individual teams help them support them get them to share some good ideas and then try and implement them i think what this is one of the things that i like to mention a lot with the teams is if you've got a good idea if you thought it through and if you think it's going to work share it because we're more than happy to tweak the processes and the systems and make it work for you I think that's a key thing really it's, it's very much a two-way conversation so you you help us to help you the better information we get from the teams the better output we can give to the systems and the projects and the teams themselves yeah definitely i think so i think probably the people listening to this who might have heard you say production meetings a few times do you want to give us a quick high level rundown of what you do on those meetings people might find it interesting to see how you approach those yeah ultimately so so i i run production meetings on a daily basis uh with some teams that are running on an alternate day uh with some teams that are running on a daily basis and i run it for each of the different teams across the business and uh ultimately but what i'm doing on uh, on the production calls is uh, bringing up the schedule, bringing up their task board and going through each person individually to understand what it is that they have got on the day, what they sort of did previously, what they are going to focus on in the future 
um, and looking at overdues. Is there any blockers? Is there anything that we can help you with? Is there anything that you can raise awareness on on the call whilst your whole team is on for somebody to sort of support you with it? So in a nutshell, the idea, the objective for me on the production call is, is to simply help support that individual by showing them, uh, uh, by, ra by helping them raise awareness with the wider teams of what it is that they've got on for that day. And at the same time, the overall objective is to keep that project moving, just keep the momentum moving on those individual projects. And they vary team to team. So, so, so the beauty of do by doing this is, we're tackling all the different types of projects by running these production calls with each of these teams. So we have them for the web team, we have them for the inbound team, we have them with the SEO team and the PPC team and the social team and even the strategist team. So we're trying to cover all of those different types of projects uh, by running these production calls and just making sure we keep the momentum going on on their tasks and their deliverables. Yeah. So that's a really good way of tracking delivery. Would you say that um, there's any other ways that we, as a team, track project-specific delivery? Yeah, I think we've got the, we also have notification set up, isn't it? We've not mentioned about notifications on a cello. The beauty of a cello is it also allows you to set up notifications in the system where if a particular project goes over or goes beyond um, the parameters, the criteria that you'd set in terms of time frame, budget, et cetera, et cetera, then it pings it. Uh, 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 the projects team uh, a message and we sort of use this and uh, and raise questions uh, uh, around those notifications they sort of really work well isn't it on a Monday morning I come in and I've got 10 15 <laughs> notifications to go through but it's a great chance because when you're working on so many different projects and we're a small team uh, you need that notification to sort of like probe you uh, prompt you to probe the wider team as to where things are. Yeah, it's definitely great to leverage the AI where you can and automation just it helps everyone. Um, last, I think the last topic I wanted to raise was just around managing these projects. We've, we've been working on these for quite some time now, especially as a business. What have we learned over that time we can share with some of our listeners? Well, I think for me, the most important thing what I've learned from each from from my time on working on all the projects is the need for the need for a good level of communication from everyone. We are all accountable for the tasks that we need to deliver, the tasks that we need to do. Ultimately, that accountability falls with us as individuals, uh, and it's up to us to take the initiative to complete that task and let the next person know and pass the baton on to the next person to say, it's your turn, it's your task, this is what I've done, here's a brief, can you complete the next task? But ultimately, what I want our listeners to try and try to do more is to understand that these projects are not just tasks, there's a wider picture here. If we're building a house and the bricky doesn't understand that he's responsible for making sure that once the bricks are up, the roof is going to come on, so it's a case of trying to get everybody to understand that we're all working on a big project. Each project is a wider project and it's a bigger project. So we should be mindful of the end goal, which is to complete that project. Um, so if we, just, if, if we as individuals are accountable for the things that we need to do, then the momentum to, to complete that project um, will happen. Yeah, I agree. And I think as well, the more information that people can give us in the first instance, the better. Um, there's, there's no such thing as too much information. <laughs> We will take it all, you know, all 
all of those details that you in your specialist role think is just standard feed those to us don't don't assume that we just automatically know the same things that you know i'm sure i can show you a brief with too much information but yeah i'm really mm -hmm. kidding i know what you mean <laughs> um from my side i'd there's two things that i've thought about before we started talking about this and that's the consistency of project fill you want some you want to be a flexible as a business but i think in the structure of your project management system or whatever you use to track your projects if you can just give that level of consistency if you're doing regular work that's the same if if you work on 50 blogs a month as a business or 100 emails for your clients having some sort of regular feel to that work i really think helps people when they're working across different projects for different clients so if you can have an overall sort of program structure in the way that you build your projects out that allows for some flexibility and some creativity but has a good consistent feel i think that helps users in their day-to-day -day. and then also training that's the big one i've learned like the more you can train people on a project management system it's not the fun tool it's not the key it's not the main tool for the business but it's something people use every day and if you can get them just even to find some of those quick wins the things they didn't know about this automated button here that you can click to do that show them some of those great things it just makes everyone's life a lot easier and the end results are a good one for the client because it's just quicker speedier work yeah i think so 100 percent. i agree with you we find uh, we we find people uh, get into a habit, isn't it, of doing a particular thing in a particular way, and they do not know what they do not know. Yes. Uh, so I guess us as a solo experts, uh, it, it's the onus is on us to train people uh, on different ways of using the platform. There's many ways we can manage a dashboard. There's many ways you can uh, fill your timesheet up, and I think it's for us as as as, as, a, as a team to sort of identify those individual people where they might be spending too long on, or might be finding it difficult to complete a timesheet. How do we think the easiest and most efficient way is going to work for them? What might work for them might not work for somebody else. So we know there's many ways of doing things. And I guess the, it's, the onus is on us to, to train everyone to, 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 to be able to do what they need to do. I feel like we've only scratched the surface of a lot of topics today, so there might be another podcast in there. We'll see what the masses think. Um, we'll see. See, if, so, see if people subscribe. Where do you point? Somewhere to the subscribe button. Join my Patreon, all that sort of stuff. Click the link on the top right. So, yeah, we'll put this out. We'll see if people like it, maybe we'll do some more. <laughs>